0: 7th, 1983, Bloomington, Illinois. A father and husband goes on a business trip only to find out his family has been murdered. This is the story of David Hendricks. Good afternoon. <laughs> it is Thursday and this is Kelly from Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. I am just I was sick last week so I am a week late. And I thought I would bring this to you on Thursday, hoping my voice sounds okay. I still have a cough hanging on, but I got my cough drops with me here and um so I'm hoping I can get through this without coughing because that is I know it annoys people when I, I this cough is terrible. Um But um, I am better. I am up and around, back to work, and I want to get this episode up. Um, It is May 18th. I cannot believe we're this far into May. Um, Memorial week will be nice. I'll be off work. I'll have a lot more time to do stuff. So um, I wanted to start, first of all, by doing some shout outs. Um, I have gotten into this. A couple new podcasts I just stumbled across. Um, One is The Suspended Sentence. If you guys are looking for a very good true crime um, podcast with some really good episodes, this is a good one. The Suspended Sentence. Um, I love the cases they cover and even some of their episodes, they just do... um, Like there was one... um, I can't remember the title, but they talked about the uh, defenses, the most outrageous defenses or something uh, in court when people, uh, and then there was another one about, I have not listened to it yet, but it's um, about the uh, the laws, some of the weird laws that they have in, I think, different states or something. And I want to listen to that one. And I have not done it yet because I'm so busy listening to to so many of the of, other ones, other episodes and other podcasts, but I need to get around to that. But look that one up. It is called The Suspended Sentence. The other one is hashtag murder. I just started listening to, I've only listened to a couple. They cover Aileen Aileen Wuornos, if I'm saying that right, because she's one of my, I know it's weird to say people got a favorite serial killer or whatever, but she's mine. And um, I love hearing her story on any podcast. That's usually the first one I'll listen to. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. And um, Dream Idiots is another podcast. If you're looking for something fun to listen to, these guys are really cool, and they have done a couple. Of, well, one they just did a true crime case. It was about a doctor, and I cannot pronounce his last name. It started with a K. Cow. I should have wrote it down. Oski, I don't know something like that. And he was a murderous doctor. Murderous doctor. Man, I'm probably saying that too fast. But, um, man, that was really something. And that, uh, you want to hear a good one? Listen to that one. That's a pretty good one. And then their latest one, they just did one on, they're talking about Route 66. I I say route. I know it's Route 66. And I've always been intrigued with that, how it runs from Illinois to California. And I'm in Illinois already. Like, I could like just go right down to Springfield and hop on and drive that that whole way. Because they were, it was like, they were talking about that. And it's like, it is so cool. But that would be something I would love to do, but um it's got uh they talk about the different areas that while you're on Route 66 that you can stop at this really cool um restaurant in Springfield and then they talk about a a place in uh, drive-in theater in Missouri and then they talk about these different areas in the states on the way through Route sixty six, and it's so cool. It's, I didn't, and I didn't even know there was a TV show called that back in the sixties. So I'm like learning all kinds of things when I listen to these guys. Look them up. It's always a good time listening to them. It is called Dream Idiots. <laughs> it's a funny name too. They also do the curse word of the week, which is also funny. But um, I just wanted to give them a shout out right at the beginning. If you're looking for anything new or any, you know anything different to get into, those are really good. I am drinking two Java Mama beverages today. My coffee is Choco Glazing, which is part of our donut collection. It is a chocolate frosted chocolate cake donut. And it is wonderful. The Homer was one of my favorites, but now this is, I think a little bit better than the Homer, but I am a chocolate crazy. I mean, I love chocolate, anything. You give me chocolate on chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. I love it. It is like so good. So (laughs) that is the coffee I am drinking Mm. Man, that's good. Mm. Okay. And I'm also drinking iced tea. I got the Java Mama purple papaya berry passion is what it was what it's called. It's got berries apple um, flavor, apple pieces, real apple pieces, real blackberry, um, all different kinds of um, ingredients. And there are, of course, natural ingredients. And I love their iced teas. There's no caffeine in it, but it is nice because it's a nice sunny day today in the 70s. and Well, actually, I think it's in the 80s. So I have to have my iced tea. Man, it's good. So that is the, and these are both still available. So, look that up if I will leave the link in the show notes. Um, their iced tea is very easy to make, they're in little pouches, and you put the pouch in your whatever uh, um pitcher you want to have your iced tea in, let it brew. I think it's uh eight to ten hours, let it brew, and then next day, next day, it's ready. So, um, very cool. I love their iced teas, their iced coffee is the same way. I got chocolate summer in their iced coffee, and I love it. And that, that's done the exact same way. They're in little pouches already for you. Like They're like filtered pouches. So they're all ready for you to make in the cold water and put in the fridge. So, okay, here we go. On to our case today. I've been wanting to do this one uh, right around the time I started the podcast, but I kept waiting and waiting around and waiting around. This is actually well-known, and a lot of people may have heard about it, May have not. I know people in this area definitely have heard about it, but this is a story of David Hendricks. Um, my sources are Wikipedia, Lamont at Large, which is a YouTube channel. Watch his YouTube channel. He's actually there on location in Bloomington, in the cemetery, and he's even at the house. And it's so it's very good listening listening to him. I'm going to listen to listen to more of his. Um, YouTube episodes because i mean it's really he's really good. Uh Lamont at large, L A M O N T. Cool name. I love that name. Okay, and I also have a website, I W U A R G U S dot com. Okay. David Hendricks was raised in Oak Park, Illinois. Uh one thing I did forget, I don't know if I forgot to write his age down, but um I know he's older right now. Of course, maybe it might come in at the end of this. But um, he was raised in Oak Park, Illinois, which is up by Chicago. He was an orthopedist uh, orthopedist, known for the cash back brace, C-A-S-H. And I think that is, those letters stand for something. But I'm not positive because that's how it's written. But the cash back brace, he invented this back brace. And um, when he started orthopedic you know orthopedist he was just starting out and they didn't have very much money but um, he started making <clears throat> more money when he invented this back brace he moved the whole family to Bloomington Illinois and um, his wife is 30 year old Susan Hendricks nine-year-old Rebecca seven-year-old Grace five-year-old Benjamin and they moved to Bloomington in 1982 Um, They were church members of the Plymouth Brethren. Um, I don't really know what that is. I know it started in Dublin, Ireland. Um, They don't, they're not a Christian denomination, but they're like-minded free churches. I have no idea what what that is. Um, I did uh, find out that they did not own a television. They kept to themselves. The neighbors didn't really know them all that well. They just kept to themselves um they uh he got started getting wealthy in this business of his back brace and the evening of November 7th Susan went to a baby shower uh 40 minutes away in the town of Delavan Illinois she went to this baby shower now this was the the evening of November 7th so she was going to be busy so you know David Hendricks just you know took his kids and for a night you know, uh, I'd, I'd like a dad night out. Um 40 minutes away in Delavan. He took them to Chuck E. Cheese. Now, if anybody knows what Chuck E. Cheese is, it's a pizza place where they have a lot of arcade games. It's just like a fun place. I don't know about this one, but ours here in Peoria serves beer, which actually kind of surprised me <laughs> but um kids a lot of kids have birthday parties there and you just go and get tokens you can play all these games and get pizza and then they have like people in characters you know that um are fun for the kids and um he took the children to Chuck E. cheese and after they got done there they left around eight o'clock at 8 15 they stop at a bookmobile and um, I remember these as a kid. I don't even know if they still have them or it's like a, like a van and you would, or truck or van and you would go in and it would be like a library inside and, and they would, they would go to different places. And, uh, so they stopped at the bookmobile to check out some books because they had to return some. So they returned some, they checked some out and then they went back home. Now the kids were in bed by nine thirty that night. Susan got home around ten thirty, and, um, I just read that they chatted for a bit before going to bed. And uh, she went to bed at 11 o'clock. Now, David Hendricks had a business trip that night up to Wisconsin. And when I say business trip, it was just a trip he was taking on his own to try to sell his back brace at the different orthopedic places up there. I think it was Madison, Wisconsin. And um, so that's really what it was. It was just, he was taking a trip up to Wisconsin to do this. Um, He went up, (coughs) excuse me, here goes my coffin. He went up to Wisconsin, checked into a hotel. Okay, the next day, November 8th, he tried to call home in the morning and got no answer. He tried again that afternoon, still no answer. So he calls the the neighbor and to see if they can just go over and check on the family. Knock on the door. Just see if they answer. No answer. There was no answer at the door. He got worried. He found out that they never made it to a family dinner they were supposed to go to that night. And this is the next night. The next evening. So he ended up calling the police. Now I, of course, the only place I've heard the 911 call is on Crime Junkie. Crime Junkie does a an episode of this. And it was done... Um, October of 2021 I had to go back to that date to find it so if you are a crime junkie fan and you want to look them up it's one of my the very first podcasts I ever got into they do a good uh, episode of this and you can can hear the 911 call on there now um he tells them he's worried that they got into an accident on the way to this dinner because they are not home he says they're not home neighbor already went over and knocked on the door and um so then they ended up finally doing a fam a, a welfare check on the family because they were not coming to the door the car' the car was there, and um you know <clears throat> I don't like to make excuse me assumptions on nine one one calls, but I do that <laughs> i just it's just natural for me to do that this nine one one call seemed very precise. Like he knew exactly what to say. Um, it was like, I'm David Hendricks. And, you know, and this is how he's talking. And then um, <clears throat> he goes, well, this is a circumstance. Here here are the circumstances. My wife was supposed to blow up. And it just sounds like he's doing a um, a, a rehearsed to me. I thought that now that's just me. Nobody ever said that before. I'm just saying that's what I thought. Knowing the case now. Um, and that was the first time I ever heard the 911 call it was on Crime Junkie a couple years ago. So, um, <clears throat> the police went to go check on the family Well, they were not prepared for what they walked into. The back door was unlocked. It was closed, but it was unlocked and they went in and they saw that the basement was a mess. Like someone had was looking for something and then and they left really quick. Uh, Susan and the children were found. Um, the children were found together in one bedroom. I don't know if they had the same bedroom. I don't think they all had the same bedroom. They were found in the bedroom, hacked to death with an axe. Now, a clean axe and a clean butcher knife were on Grace and Benjamin's bed. Now, Grace and Benjamin. Um, that's how I read it. So I don't know if that's one bed, if it was their bed and all, all the children, children were in there. Um, blood was splattered all over the bed, the walls, the bedding was soaked in blood. It was like a horror movie. It was blood everywhere, but that knife and that ax was clean, which is very strange. Um, no blood, like I said, no and then no blood was found anywhere else, anywhere else outside that room. none, there was no blood trail, <clears throat> there was no nothing in the bathroom area where someone had cleaned up nothing. Susan was found the same way in her bedroom. The only thing they found was a faint footprint on the back porch with the actual murder weapons, so the axe and the knife. I, I'm taking the clean, axe and knife were not used. Uh, axe and knife, um, I don't understand when, um, what that meant, why somebody would do that. Um, now, David Hendricks never asked, when, when he found out all of this, he never asked who would do this. Um, he never asked if they had suspects, they had anybody in custody. What he said, at least they're with God now. They're in a better place. That blew everybody's minds, and this is when the police were started suspecting him. He was arrested and um that's what they were showing when on t v the next day after they were found um his behavior was on t v I' taken it was the news like i said i back then i don't um this was eighty three so I was just a young kid and I don't remember them saying, I just remember my mom talking about it. How's that terrible that he said that? You know, and my mom was just going on and on and on about it. And everybody was, everybody was like, I was a kid, I didn't watch the news, you know, but um, I just went by what everybody else said after the fact. So he went to trial trial by jury um the evidence that they found stomach contents of the pizza they had at chuck e cheese they were saying the time of death the children died at 10 susan at 10 30 if they died at that time he was still there now stomach contents isn't a hundred percent they don't know how fa- i mean kids are bouncing around at chuck e cheese you don't know they could have I don't know if that stops digestion. I don't know, but I know what affects it. Um, There's different things that can affect how fast somebody digests food. So I don't know. I mean, it seemed to me like they didn't really have sufficient evidence to um, back up what they said about the stomach contents and what time they died. Um, At the trial, this was another thing that did not look good. He had models who modeled his back brace and he testified or the models testified that he touched them inappropriately, like uh, brush against the side boob. He tried to kiss one of them, I think. And, um, cause he was the one that was help, you know, putting up the shoot to take their photos. I don't know. I'm, th- I'm thinking he had a photographer there. I'm not positive. I thought I heard that he just did the whole thing himself, but, um, which I could I, I, I could see that but um that uh, he hired the models some were they were I thought I would read that they were nude under the back brace and some weren't but I I don't know if that's true or not this did not look good um during the trial um and they used this to show that the the jury that he was a religious man and wanting to get out of his marriage but he was not allowed to get divorced so that was another thing that came up on, to, on the, um, in the trial. He was sentenced to life in prison at Menard Correctional Center, which I'm, I have talked about that before on my podcast. I think it's down in, it's by Springfield. During the years he was in there, he wrote a book about his cellmate's life. And that's what he did to pass the time. His cellmate, um, I'm not sure who the cellmate was, but uh, he wrote his biography. He was in there for, okay, seven years later. During that seven years, he wrote the book, his, which I did not know that. But seven years later, he appealed saying that the evidence was circumstantial. Like I said, the stomach contents. He ended up getting a new trial because all this was, was circumstantial evidence. That's what he got put away for because there was nothing on him. There was no blood through the house, but in those bedrooms. So, Um, Not even in the drains, in the, you know, nowhere in the bathrooms. And this is so strange to me. So whoever did this, did they wear like a hazmat suit? And if they did, where's the suit at? Or did they wrap themselves in plastic? I mean, I don't know. I have never heard of this happening. I mean, I don't know anybody that cleans up this good. If they do, maybe they need to get a job cleaning houses. If If that's what they did, because blood is hard to clean up. And with this much blood, it, it, it is just the strangest thing. I mean, I guess you can go out a window. Well, you can't go out a window. You got two bedrooms. I don't it's just weird to me. I always think about that. So, they went ahead and he had a second trial without the models confession or uh, testimony and without any of the religious beliefs or any of his, you know, his religious beliefs coming into the trial. And even a fellow inmate confessed that he did it. He conf, I mean, a fellow inmate said that David Hendricks had confessed to him that he had done it. But that didn't work. He was acquitted by a jury in 1991. A second jury. Acquitted. I remember he got married while he was in prison. Her name was Pat, and I think she was from Ohio. Shortly after this, he ended up on, they, they both were on Sally Jesse Raphael uh the detective was on there some of the people f- from the his neighborhood was on there all of them were upset that he got out um I, I remember watching it and uh because by 1991 I was way out of my I mean I was not out of, I was out of my teenage years so <coughs> I was watching Sally Jesse Raphael and wow um if you can get a hold of that episode, I don't know what episode it was, but um, there is a, a book on this whole thing. It's called Reasonable Doubt by Steve Vogel. I ordered it on Thrift Books for 4 dollars and I have not gotten it yet. It's got to be getting here pretty soon because um, uh, I do like to get my books on there because they're pretty cheap. Um, Pat, but he was married to Pat, his second wife divorced at some time i don't know when he ended up actually total married a four times he's married to his fourth wife um he is living in florida so that's david Hendricks. um many many people i know i don't know one person that thinks david hendrix is innocent in this area uh the only thing that he came up with that there was no talk about finding who really killed his family. If this was me, I'd want to know who did this. I'd I would hound the police saying, You find who did this. He accused his his wife's sister's ex husband, so former brother in law of his wife. His wife's family has stuck behind him this whole time, saying he did not do it. They all think this other um the former brother in law did it because he had a spare key to the house. Um okay, if he had a spare key to the house I I mean the door was unlocked when they found him. Of course that don't mean anything. I guess you're not gonna lock up after you leave. Um so but uh that's why they think he did it. I never heard any other reason why they thought he did it. Um he doesn't think David Hendricks did it even. He he doesn't think David Hendrix did it. But just seems kind of strange that it happened the night he went yeah you know, it it's just all seems strange to me and i am one person that does not like to accuse somebody innocent at all but they didn't present the first trial beyond reasonable doubt the judge said that himself this evidence was not presented beyond a reasonable doubt he ended up getting sentenced to life in prison anyway but um, now that he had a second trial double jeopardy you can you can find out he could admit that he did it Nothing can be done. Um, It's sad that this case went unsolved and this family did not get justice. Um, Oh, another reason they didn't think he did it was, I I don't, this, I, 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 this is kind of a stretch, but uh, the boy got the worst, the most hacks to his face. He got the worst and usually they say a father would not do that to a son that the son wouldn't get the worst but i don't know uh if that's true i don't know i never heard that before so if you are not familiar with this listen to crime junkies um episode they really talk about how there was no blood in that house except for those two rooms they talk all kinds about uh, all kinds of things about it and it is october of 2021 was the date because I know when I bring a crime junkie on Apple Podcasts, I'm at the the latest one, so I have to scroll back, scroll down through the dates to find it, and um, <clears throat> and it's a good episode, a really good episode. So that is episode 39. I cannot believe my next episode is going to be episode 40. When I started my podcast at the end of. August last year, I had no idea I'd have this many episodes, and it's just wonderful. And I love the fact, like, um, that we all support each other. Everybody, all of all, in the podcast community, we just support everybody, and it's wonderful. And we're just doing this. It's like you know, we don't make money. We're just doing this, and it's just wonderful how we all support each other. And I always follow up my um, episodes with anything I've watched lately and anything new or anything I can recommend. I watched on Hulu, the Boston Strangler movie with Kira Knightley. It is very good. Highly recommended. I myself, I'm not going to give anything away in case you don't know the Boston Strangler because I didn't know much about that much about it. I didn't know the outcome. I did not know that that was how the outcome was. I love the movie. It takes place in the 60s. And the whole movie has that 60s vibe. You see the old cars, the old hairstyles, the old clothes. I just love that. And it's so funny because there's nothing electronic. Everything's paper. Everything. And these two women who wrote for this paper that really dug deep into the story and to try to find the Boston Strangler as these murders were going on, um, they really worked hard. And it just shows how how uh, they were just um, like when you're like, even when I do podcasts, I'll be so into a story, like um, especially ones that are unsolved. Like when I did um, Paula Turkovich, I'm still, I'm in and, and Jelani day. I'm, I'm so into those two, those two cases. And this girl, she was uh Kara Knightley in the movie. She was married, had two kids and her husband had, he, he had to like help take care of the kids. She got a call. She had to run out and try to get a, get, an interview an interview or a lead or you know t- for the story and um it got to where her family was suffering because she was gone doing her job these women worked uh, and it was so neat to see that back then in the 60s cuz you know I wasn't around back then but um it was so nice to see women working like this and it is just a good movie um highly recommended i would sit and watch it again but it is on hulu um I don't think I've seen anything new. I finished the series Beef on Netflix. That's another good one. Last episode was kind of strange, but I still liked it. Uh, The episode, the second to last episode got pretty, oh my gosh, there's one part with a panic room. I don't know if you've seen it, but I was in shock. I was in shock. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give it away. So that's another good one. Um, Like I said, I don't think I've been sick. I've been in bed all weekend um, and I don't really have anything other that I've watched and can recommend. But I'm so glad to be back in and doing this episode and getting back on my podcast. So I want to wish everybody a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful Friday tomorrow. Next week is Memorial Day so have a wonderful weekend um hope you're having nice weather there we are to be up in the 70s uh 70s and 80s over the weekend and no rain so i hope everybody out there is having wonderful weather and having a and i hope everybody having a wonderful mother's day by the way i was able to go see my mom on tuesday when i got better so (laughs) so uh but i laid with my kitties that was my mother's day laying uh in the recliner with a blanket with my babies. So, um, and that is it for today. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. If you have any case suggestions, please let me know. I usually stay in the Midwest, but I will venture outside the Midwest, especially for ones that are unsolved and need attention. So, um, and if anybody has any questions, you can always email me. I will have my email, Instagram, Facebook, everything in the show notes. So everyone have a wonderful Thursday and I will see you next time.